from somewhere in the gap between Arnold Schwarzenegger's teeth, it's the IGN Digiguide. Please welcome two men who crawled through two kilometers of prison sewage to sweet, sweet freedom. Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. Prison sewage. That's worse than regular sewage. Say, Bob, to whom do we owe that? Chad Murphy did that. Chad Murphy, long-time listener. He's the Lo- Murphyest. Love our, love our long-time listeners, our loyal, faithful people who have nothing better to do than to listen to us kvetch and pontificate from week to week. Aww. So, uh, yeah, Mark, we have, a, uh, we have to pick a winner for that uh, giveaway that we had two weeks ago. Oh, what you're saying is I should call up the... Uh, uh, yes, indeed. Uh, the Limericks. You're out of your mind. I'll tell you what. Uh, the limericks, because we Please we're, remind we're, everybody what it is. I got well, you know, we had a DVD of And Soon the Darkness to give away, and uh, we're going to give it away to the person that wrote us the best limerick about 2011. And we did have some interesting submissions, I must confess. That is true. Have you? Have, is there one that really impressed you, that stood out from the crowd? Well, um, I was thinking of reading a, maybe like a top five or something like that. Yeah, all right. And then build up to the first one. Okay, then let's do that. Well, let's start with um, Chris Boyd will come in fifth. So he doesn't win anything. Chris doesn't win anything. Yeah. He just gets his name mentioned on our show, which is proof that he loses. Okay. Because he gets his name mentioned by us. All right. But this is Chris Boyd from Houston, Texas. Very good. This is his. There once was a monkey named Kevin who could count all the way up to seven. His skill was so great, he learned to count eight. His resolution for 2011. That's actually pretty good. You like that? I do. Well, that's Chris Boyd. He gave us that one. Mm. Now, wait, here's the thing. When you read a limerick, what do you think when you read a What do you need when you read a limerick? Um, well, it has to be a limerick uh, rhythm, right? It's got to be the, the there once was an old man from Nantucket who exactly. It has to have that rhythm. Well, here's uh, here's Michael Jordahl. He didn't win either. Okay. He came in fourth. Oh, okay. Let's say, so he doesn't win nothing. Okay. But this is his. The last few days were kind of meh. All sorts of days feeling blah. I know this year will be better than '07. Because this year actually goes to 11. Oh, that's very clever. It goes to 11. That's very clever. Based on the movie. That's very clever. The movie that Wade loves spinal so tap. much. Okay. Spinal Tap reference. So coming in third, meaning you win Jack S, is mm. Mike C from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. You want to hear Mike's? Sure. The movies we'll see all this year may cause us to laugh out or cheer. But one thing we know, some films will just blow, and others will bring us to tears. Oh, that, that I like that. It's a that's good one, nice. right? Yeah, that's good. I like that one. Let me see. I only have two left. Pick one. <laughs> Pick one. Okay, here we go. Tav. Yes. He is the runner-up, basically. Oh, man. He don't, mean, he don't win nothing. But oh. the reason why he's the runner-up is because he mentioned you. Oh, that's pretty sweet. See, really, yeah. like, here's the thing. So I've been immortalized in a limerick. No, here's the thing. Oh. You know when you go to the, uh, you watch the football games on TV, and they cut to the uh, crowds with, yes. the, with the hand-painted signs? Yeah. You know that the guy who puts the name of the network on his hand-painted yeah. signs will get on TV. I should have done like, that. Like, like the guy who puts, like, nobody but cowboys for a game on NBC. Yeah. He's going to get on NBC. Yeah. They, they figured that out. Yeah. So obviously, uh, Tav has figured out that uh, in yeah. order to become the runner-up in our giveaway, he needed to name me, and That's he did. Nice. And here it is: there once was a man named Wade who couldn't stand that Battlestar got remade. He fussed and threw a fit. He wouldn't admit that the old Battlestar was a cheesy piece of. Oh, that's great! There you go. Beep. That's pretty great. Good one, right? Yeah, that's great. And by the way, he's right. Yeah. You got to admit, Wade. I don't know no. why you. I don't know why I, you hold on to that show. I'll, I I will come in here. I will be dressed like a. Uh, I'll be dressed like Starbucks next week. <sighs> God help us all. Yeah. All right. So the winner of the DVD. Yes. This is the guy who wins. Yes. The other four 
didn't win. Let's hear the winning limerick. Who is it? Christopher Sterling. No kidding. Now, Christopher Sterling is from Nashua, New Hampshire. I hope I pronounced that right. Yes. This is Christopher Sterling's limerick. He wins the DVD. Awesome. Here we go. He says, hi, guys. Love the show. Here's my limerick for the DVD and soon the darkness contest. 2011, the year has arrived. 3D television's need is contrived. Good movies don't need the dimensions received. I just hope that real movies survive. Oh, that's really good. See? Oh, that is really good. He speaks to us. Yeah. He speaks to our hatred of 3D. Yes, he did. That means he wins. Very good. Congratulations, Christopher Sterling. That will go out. And soon the darkness is on its way because you, like us, hate 3D. And by the way, may I say that uh, 3D will be taking another blow once people check out The Green Hornet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we ripped on that on uh, Stupid for Movies. The Green Hornet has 3D. I don't know why. You know what happens in The Green Hornet? There's some action, but basically people sit around and talk. Yeah. They sit in offices and talk. They sit. uh, They they, talk way too much. They sit in this big fancy mansion and talk. Why is it in 3D? Why do I need to see James Edward James almost in 3D? Oh, that's right. He's in it too. Gosh, what a waste. Just don't know why. Well, anyway, there there it is for the for our contest. We should get around to talking about some DVDs. And uh, meanwhile, check us out on the Facebook pages on stupidformovies.com. This next week, Stupid for Movies goes to YouTube streaming. We're we're a beta tester on YouTube. That's going to be interesting. I don't even know how that's going to go. I'm not even sure what that means, actually. Yeah. I'm just a host monkey. I just show up and I I say things and I hope for the best. But you know what? I mean, I don't know. When I mention to people, they say, oh, you do a show. Where can I find it? And I say, you stream or blip. They don't know what I'm talking about. Well, but here, but here's the here's the issue. If if we may air this out right here on the show, when you say you can see it on YouTube, well, I mean you can see everything on YouTube, right? That doesn't really mean much. There's well, millions YouTube homepage. Of... We'll be on the YouTube homepage apparently streaming live. I I, I guess allegedly. I guess YouTube has a new initiative where they're going to start streaming live shows on YouTube, and we will be one of them. It's very exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> All right, let's talk about DVDs. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, all right, uh, let's let's jump in. Let, you know, let me let me blow through some uh, family and kid stuff and anime and uh, kind of stuff that we we let it pile up sometimes, just so that we don't let it get lost. But um, some interesting stuff here: uh, Beyblade Metal Fusion Volume Two. This is one of those uh, kind of uh, Pokemon esque. Uh, what's the other one with the guy with the spiky hair? Um, Pokey Spike. Yeah, whatever. They they all they all have kids with Spike. <laughs> Why do you hair. always start with the worst crap? Well, no, this is not. People like this stuff. People Bay have Blade. kids. Beyblade is popular. It really is. Beyblade Metal Fusion. I, mean, I don't particularly care for it, no, but I'm, it's. I'm checking out for the next ninety seconds. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. Uh, no, this is uh, this is kind of Pokemon esque stuff, and this uh, comes to us from Vivendi, who doesn't usually release anime type stuff. But I, you know what? Look, it's uh, it, it it's kind of taking its. Whatever it's it's anime and like uh, kids street culture all meshed into one. It's got seven episodes. Not, not a not a terrible show. I don't I don't really understand what's going on in it, but it's not my generation. Uh, I Carly season two volume two. Why do they do that to the kids shows? Like split the seasons? Really? It's just dumb. Because they know that the because they know parents will buy it because their kids will stomp yeah, their feet until they I do. Know. Well, anyway, uh, you know I Carly. It's it's another one of those shows that I don't particularly like. That are all those kind of Disney. Uh, kids shows. This one's from Nickelodeon. Uh, It's bad acting, bad writing, but some cute kids will probably wind up making millions of dollars in movies once they get about five or six years older. Uh, This is a couple of discs, and uh, you know, they really should do the whole season all at once, I gotta tell you. Some behind-the-scenes stuff. The the girl is cute. Uh, She's kind of growing on me, but I didn't watch that much of it. Um, Yo Gabba Gabba, let's visit the doctor. Now, Mark, you have a problem with Yo Gabba Gabba. I well, do. Don't you? You've you've ridiculed them in the past. It's kind of like Teletubbies on crack. <laughs> sort Can I of. Say that. Yeah. I'm hilarious. Because like look at them. I mean, these like, like what? Why would you want your children watching those things? It, it's a little psychedelic. It's a little scary, but yet kids love it. So what do I know? Kids know. Kids know better than adults. They really do. Uh, you know, you got uh, four. You got four episodes here, right? You, you're teaching you how to clean your teeth. That's really important. Uh, teaching you the, the importance of a doctor and how to wash your hands so you don't get germs all over the place, right? Wash your hair and how to, you know, clean your icky places. 
And uh, your icky places. Yeah, and then there's one about road safety, which I don't really understand what that has to do with the doctor, other than not having to go to the doctor because you didn't get like slammed on the road. But still, that's uh, you know, I guess whatever. Anyway, yo gabba gabba. These things are scary, psychotic, but uh, kids love it. So uh, you know, if you want your kids to not complain about going to the dentist or the doctor, maybe that's a solution. Uh, bunny tails. This is Max and Ruby bunny tails. Uh, the animation here is way better than the shows. I, I really enjoy the animation. I think the, the kind of the show itself is kind of dull, but there's some cute stuff. Emperor Max's new suit is cute. Max and the Three Little Bunnies, it's cute. Then we got, Mark, are you okay? You hanging with me? Oh, I'm so glad you're really, uh, really you're locking hang- people in with these great choices. I know, I know. It's great, isn't it? Um, I'll move even faster. Ben 10, Ultimate Alien, Escape from Egregor. I'm so done. This is volume one. I'm 10 episodes on two discs. I'm so over the Ben 10 thing. It's just too much. This is a brand new Ben 10 series, and it's like, you know what? You guys have done this live action and animated a million different ways, and this doesn't change it. It's like the uh, the, the the friggin' Power Rangers. How many different Power Rangers have we had? Uh, like six. The Power Ranger dinosaur and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Marvel Knights in their little eco packaging got uh, another Jaiman Hunsu voicing Black Panther, which is pretty cool, actually. Um, Black Panther is uh, is a way cool hero, and uh, he's like the the first and only Marvel African hero, which is a pretty cool twist. I uh, I don't know what took him so long, but I'm glad they did it. And Jaiman Hunsu rocks, absolutely rocks. Really smart to have him do the voicing, not just because he's the only known Hollywood actor who actually comes from Africa and sounds African, but you know, it works. He's he's really good, and. Um, Reginald Hudlin produced that. What happened to the Hudlin brothers? They just vanished, didn't they? I know, right? Gosh. These guys who were hot for a second and then they're gone? It's just unbelievable. Uh, hot Wheels Battle Force 5. 14 episodes from season one. I This is season one, uh, part two. Um, again, splitting the seasons in that horrible way that we hate. I don't like the animation for this. It strikes me as trying to look cool while being cheap at the same time. Uh, and I'm, I'm not keen on the... I mean, I loved Hot Wheels when I was a kid, but I'm still not cool on the idea of taking toys and, uh, you know, this whole fallout from the Transformers phenomenon and uh, taking every toy and somehow trying to find a narrative framework for it. But that being said, I got to say, these shows not terribly written for this kind of a show. Uh, they actually do manage to find relatively decent, interesting kind of... Um, Speed Racer esque stories, so I'll give them props for that. And then, lastly, we got a little bit of uh, anime stuff here: Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood Part Three on both DVD and on Blu-ray. I, you know, you know why I love these anime shows? Why they all have the most the longest, most convoluted names? <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist Computer Red Green Blue Goat Rocket yeah. Ship Blast. Well, this you, you can get this on Blu-ray or Six. DVD. Collectible postcards are included. Uh, Adult Swim actually aired this, believe it or not. And uh, I don't think it's necessarily because it's really an Adult Swim type show because it's not all fringy, weird, incomprehensible, quirky, like you need to be stoned in order to enjoy it. Uh, It's really, really incredibly well-animated anime. Um, Terrific. Comes out to us from Funimation, one of the big anime houses. It releases a lot of great stuff. We're going to have more of their stuff to talk about next week. But uh, I, I really like the whole Full Metal Alchemist uh, phenomenon. Pretty, pretty great anime. I'll tell you, it's um, the whole mystical world of it still confuses me, like most anime. Uh, I, I really don't quite understand, you know, the whole the whole kind of quasi uh, Lord of the Ringsy thing that they're doing to create this universe. It's it's like a little fantasy, a little science fiction. Uh, it, it doesn't. It's very hard for me to a little little kind of um, uh, mythological. Uh, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know. Anyway, but uh, the animation is terrific. Animation is just gorgeous. So even if you don't know what's going on, get it on Blu-ray and uh, take a look at it. It'll kind of blow your mind. It's really amazing how far this has all come since Astro Boy, isn't it? And then lastly, we got a uh, got another one here from Funimation. This is uh, the OVA collection, Subasa, which includes Tokyo Revelations and Spring Thunder Chronicle. Um, again, probably no reason to go into any great detail on explaining what this is all about. It is very well animated, not as well animated as Full Metal Alchemist. But if you if if Subasa means anything to you, that's Subasa with a T T S U B A S A. Um, this is a this is a fun little uh, fun little double here, so um, that's worth checking out. All right, Mark, should we go into television? Oh, why not? Let's do uh, Dallas, the complete final season. Now, Dallas lasted fourteen seasons. 
you know, by the 14th season, it was just getting ridiculous. I mean, Larry Hagman already had an executive producer credit at that point. And, uh, and was the highest paid man on television. Yes. And he would be the lowest paid today with that salary. <laughs> yeah, really. And, you know, J.R., Bobby, and Cliff, you know, they're like three of the originals. You know, uh, they're kind of the – obviously because they lasted the whole way. They, they're they kind of the main characters of this final season. And, uh, you know, I just um, – I just don't get it. I think it was running on fumes. They did a whole bunch of cliffhangers because, you know, Dallas is all about the cliffhanger. And there's a feature-length uh, final episode, you know, uh, which is kind of like an It's a Wonderful Life sort of deal. But uh, by this time, I'm sorry, folks, uh, Dallas was just not happening. I mean, if you've already got the previous 13, why stop now? But I'm just saying. Uh, the Chainsaw Sally Show, season one. Now, this is a trauma show, which is pretty bizarre because trauma, you know, they don't really do like, you know, TV but they did this thing called the Chainsaw Sally Show, which is kind of, you know, cheesy and fun, very much like the uh, Chainsaw like the, Sally. This is a television show. Yes. This yes. Is, wait, this is the Herschel Gordon Lewis thing. Yeah, Herschel, Herschel Gordon Lewis uh, produced this show, created it, produced it, all that stuff. Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, yes, he I did. Know, I know a little bit about this. Oh, this is a mess. <laughs> yeah, but it's well, here's the thing. You look, it's terrible, but that's the whole point. The point yeah, is that it's always terrible. with trauma. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, there's a uh, there's a very funny extra here. Well, not it's not that funny, but it's kind of cute. Called Grindhog Day, bonus movie, and uh, just a bunch of gore, and just a bunch of craziness. There's two behind the scenes behind the scenes featurettes. There's a season two sneak peek and a theme song music video. This is basically uh, basically eleven episodes of stupidity, and um, and uh, if you're a horror fan, you can't miss it. Downtown Abbey from the the good folks at PBS. This is a masterpiece classic. And uh, this is the sort of stuff that Way just loves. Yep, love it. Why do you love that stuff so much? I love it. Downtown Abbey is really, really good, actually. This is, uh, it, you know, it's classic masterpiece theater and with some tremendous actors. And I guarantee you, a lot of people in this cast, you're going to start seeing them showing up not just in British films, but in American films, too, because they're really, really good. Uh, no, this is, uh, this is kind of the brainchild of uh, Julian Fellows, who won an Academy Award for Gosford Park. And uh, it is... It's it's another one of those kind of Edwardian upstairs downstairs um, family dramas, but uh, it's really really good. The cast includes Maggie Smith, who is the kind of the matriarch of this whole uh, of this whole family, and uh, it's it gets it, it's not quite the upstairs downstairs; it's more just upstairs. But um, the politics of the upper class during Edwardian England is really fascinating, and. Uh, it sets everything against the backdrop of World War One, and you know that's always interesting, especially now that we have the King's Speech, which is also very much about Edwardian England. Um, I think it's important. Uh, you gotta gotta kind of you know ad- adapt yourself to drama with a horse- historical context. Uh, no, this is terrific. Definitely check it out if you like these kinds of things. If you don't, you- you'll hate it. But uh, some just great acting and really literate writing. I love it. Wait, we also have Funny or Die. Now, Funny or Die, as you know, is the uh, is the website that's run by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. Yeah. It's one of those like you know one of those you know inmates run the asylum sort of things. Yeah. And uh, HBO smartly picked it up as a show. Yeah. The new season premieres on January fourteenth, uh, which is uh, right about now. And uh, the season, uh, the first season on DVD is here. There's some funny stuff in this. There's some uh, good um, kind of cameos. A lot of SNL guys, as you would imagine. And, uh, you know, Tim Meadows is in this. Uh, Andrea Savage is very funny in this thing called Casual Sex where she's, uh, she's about to give birth. And she wants to get laid one more time before her life is, like, just destroyed by childbirth. Oh, that's, that's hysterical. That's kind of funny. And uh, the good people at HBO put this on. And uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, some of the stuff, of course, you can get, let's say, on, you know, Funny or Die. <laughs> yes. Necessarily. Well, but. No, why no, you pay for it, but. Something about watching it on television that just, it's, it just feels better. Television? We place a smell vision um, sorry. I'm a huge, huge fan of Groucho Marx. He is a genius. He's a classic. He's the best. And uh, now we have Groucho Marx TV Classics. This is 16 episodes of You Bet Your Life and uh, two episodes of uh, Groucho hosting a show called The Hollywood Palace. Um, also, what's great about this is you get a bunch of bonuses, including uh, Groucho guest starring on the Dinah Shore show, which is great. And a an episode of this game show, which I don't think anybody remembers, called Anybody Can Play. It was with George Fenneman, and the game was kind of stupid, but it was Groucho, and I love Groucho, and um, it's just great. It's just a, it's just a great it's, it's just a great set. Obviously, this was after 
the 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 Marx Brothers had their heyday. This we're talking stuff from like you know 1950 to like 1961. But um, you know, it's got all these great episodes of uh, You Bet Your Life, including outtakes from You Bet Your Life. I think called the uh, You Bet Your Life Stag Reel, which is just great. So. I uh, highly recommend uh, from Synergy the Groucho Marx TV Classics Special Three Disc Collection. Uh, Dark Skies is a uh, is a show that uh, didn't last very long. That's why they're able to release the entire series on one DVD set. This is all about this is like another one of those stories about uh, about you know Roswell you know spacecraft uh, crashes in New Mexico and you know a couple bodies were discovered and you know what's happening at Roswell and you know I, I was I was not on board with this show. No, there's I, I too much of that. It. I kind of sampled it at the time and you know it starts JT Walsh and you know he's always uh, Didn't good. X-Files just kill off this whole genre? Couldn't we just write it off? <laughs> well, uh, well, yes we did. Yeah. I mean the, the I mean look, the, the show is it came during the mid 90s which is sort of during that X-Files wheelhouse, you know? Um but it just didn't really have the juice, that mystery. That it, did, it didn't have Jews, did it, you say? It didn't have Jews. This is an anti-Semitic show. You're kidding. Although it was written and produced by Jews. Amazing. Like most of Hollywood. Yeah. Anyway, Dark Skies, complete series. Slow um, week on TV. It. Forget it. Slow I would. TV week. Although, you know what? Nice job on the uh, slimline packaging. You'd think that uh, Sony and Shout Factory... See, the thing with Shout Factory is that they never crap stuff out. Shout Factory is terrific. You know what? There are some amazing things coming out from Shout Factory. Could I just tell you that the there is a... Uh, in the coming weeks... They're going to be releasing the uh, complete Ernie Kovacs set, which I just cannot wait for. I mean, come on. How do you just – that's just great stuff. Ernie Kovacs, man. Legend. Legend. There would be no television comedy without him. Agreed. I'm going to blow through a little bit of uh, television stuff – television. Foreign here. Kino Lorber is a great alliance. I got to tell you, you the Lorber library has floated around a lot. Fox Lorber and the Lorber Films and – when they kind of came into the Kino fold, uh, brought their library over to Kino so they could release Kino through Kino's distribution network, films branded as Kino Lorber. Um, I was like, well, that seems like a good marriage. I, I had no idea. There's just so much good stuff coming. I mean, this is going to rival Criterion if they can keep this thing up. Um, Army of Crime is a French film from Robert Gedigian. Which is it, this was this is a brand new film released last year, and this is kind of you know last week we talked about the Criterion release of uh, Jean-Pierre Melville's Army of Shadows. This is kind of like a companion film, but it takes a very different approach. Gadigian has kind of said no, this is not a similar film. It's very much uh, about the French Resistance during World War II, but you know whereas the uh, whereas Melville's film was in his eyes gaullist. This one is um, this one is about you know the outcasts, the immigrant fighters who were part of uh, the resistance, uh, you know Jews and Romanians and Italians and Armenians, and it's a really really it, they make great companion films. I definitely recommend getting them both and checking them out. Uh, beautiful Blu-ray that we have here, fantastic. Kino is, has really got the Blu-ray thing down. There's an interview with the director and with the wonderful Virginie Ledoyen, who's in it, as well as actor Simon Abkarian who is also a very, very fine actor. So definitely check this out. I wish there were a little more extras, but this was a big deal at Cannes, and it should be a big deal on Blu-ray. So highly recommended. Uh, Lebanon from Sony Pictures Classics. Some, this didn't get a lot of votes in our voting for some reason. No, not at all. Did I mean? It, I don't think people really saw it. It didn't, it didn't get much Sony, of a release. Sony just kind of pooped it out there and didn't really get behind it. I'm not quite sure. It takes place in 1982 during the uh, the first uh, clash between Israel and Lebanon, if everybody kind of remembers. That was a, an ugly, ugly time. And uh, this is about a tank, from, like an Israeli tank, where they... Um, they get kind of they get into a pickle, let's say, and uh, in some ways, I kind of felt like this was um, director Samuel Mayoz's attempt to do like an Arab-Israeli or Palestinian or Lebanese-Israeli version of um, Das Boat in a way. Did you, did you, did you, das Tank. Das Tank. Yeah, it's not as good. It's not quite that film, but I, I felt like he sort of wanted to go into the same place. He wanted to give you not necessarily the same sense of claustrophobia. It's not entirely in a tank, but I think he wanted to. Um, I think he wanted to kind of immerse you in the same kind of man on the ground, uh, trapped in war and where there is no good and there is no wrong. There's just survival sensibilities. It's a very, very good film, and it looks sensational on Blu-ray. Really, really terrific. I mean, this is a gorgeous transfer. Sony obviously created the Blu-ray technology, so they damn well better know what they're doing. 
But it's also on DVD. Not bad on DVD, but far, far superior on Blu-ray. And uh, Hebrew in 5.1? Boy, I'll tell you. That's a language. Hello, Hebrews and Shebrews. Yes. Family guy. Mark, what'd you think of Soul Kitchen? We talked about this last week, I think, before we. Uh... Well, we 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 didn't get to it last week. You know, uh, Wade and I are big fans of the director of Soul Kitchen. Yes, the remarkable Fatah Akin. Yes, uh, we were huge fans of Head On. Oh my And gosh, also so his uh, his film after that. Yeah, he's just he he's just amazing. Fatah Akin is a um, he's a he's a Turkish German. You know, he's born in Germany, German citizen, Turkish ancestry. So he kind of represents that whole cultural divide that is so much part of German culture today. And that was really everything that Head On was about. I mean, Head On was about all the just the, the, the amazing collision between not only Turkish culture and German culture, but various facets of Turkish culture in Germany. Really an amazing movie. If and you, you get know a chance. What? Oh, so good. Edge of Heaven was is also very, not very as good, good. as uh, uh, Head On, but it was Edge of Heaven very good. And he has a documentary that he, he popped in there somewhere, too. Well, uh, well Soul Kitchen is, a to- is a really a change of, fa- uh, change of change pace of pace. for him. And, and I, I don't know that I really wanted to see that. I, I, I don't know I was ready for him to switch it up that dramatically. But this is sort of a much lighter, kind of funnier film revolving around a restaurant. Yeah. And uh, it works because, you know, uh, Akeen has such an amazing sense of, of character and flow. Well, it's like it's almost a comedy. It's like a romantic comedy. or Not even a romantic comedy. It's just an odd kind of comedy. But y- you're right. It, it, the characters are so rich. I mean, this poor guy, uh, played by Adam Busdukos, who was also in Head On, um, he, he's got this restaurant in Hamburg that's like barely not even a restaurant. It's, it's not even like a cafe. He just kind of gets frozen food and cooks it up for people over by the train tracks and it's sort of a pathetic excuse for business but somehow he makes money with it but um, it doesn't really work and uh, you know eventually he decides to get this guy to kind of be to get this uh, this old chef this crazy chef from a restaurant who just got himself fired because he's completely out of his mind and uh, that's the guy that's going to supposedly revive his uh, his restaurant. And man, the, the consequences of that are just unbelievable. So um, it's almost a hard film to explain, but it's really it, it, I don't how do you how do you con- convey to people how kind of enjoyable and cool this is? Uh, it, it you know what it has a, it has an unusual texture to it. It's a shaggy dog story. It really is, that's and what and, it is. and that and also it's the lead the the, the lead actor here, Adam Busdukos. Adam Bustukos, he's uh, he's very good. He's sort of hip. He's going through this this crisis, and he does it with a certain amount of uh, a certain amount of lightness and humor. Yeah. And um, but yet you're still on board with his dilemma. You want him to solve his problem, and he gets very really kind of crazy. Really, it gets a little wild. He's kind of running around trying to figure everything out. So it gets a little. Um, it gets like the humor gets a little bit. Edged up a little bit. Udo Kier shows up in this, by the way. Our I friend know. Udo. I know. He, Udo Briefly. Kier's in everything. And then also his brother in this is played. There's a thing with his brother. His brother's like a, a crook, you know, who just got out of prison and he gets to kind of come in on the business. Played by Moritz Bliebtrau, who is uh, terrific. Uh, if you ever saw him in Das Experiment, which was the movie that was remade as the horrible, horrible The Experiment that went straight to DVD last year. So, Soul Kitchen, uh, we're going to we go like, ahead. We're going to recommend that. We like you. We like it. Mid-August Lunch is a terrific little uh, Italian film released by Zeitgeist. Uh, this came out some time ago, but we haven't had a chance to get to it, and I want to give it a, a little bit of profile. This is a lovely film. Not a lot of great Italian movies have been coming out lately, but this is one you absolutely have to check out. This is about a guy who... Um, uh, Gianni De Gregorio, uh, who was a co-writer on Gamora, directed this and stars in it. And uh, it's about a guy... Just a kind of you know, and sort of an aging guy, but who's got a really old mother. And over the course of the film, he winds up taking care of a whole gaggle of old ladies. And I won't tell you how it happens, but he winds up with all these old ladies having to share the apartment with him. And he's got to entertain them all and keep them all happy. And uh, his livelihood is at stake here. It, it is very funny, very clever, really well written. Um, uniquely Italian. You have to check it out. It is. Uh, it's a very good transfer. Zeitgeist. Uh, you know, a little company, but with a, a very solid library. Every time they release something, it's worth checking out. Uh, Mark, I don't think you saw The Whore, did you? The Whore? No, The Whore. Oh, hor- I saw The Whore. Oh, did you? The Horde. I did not. The Horde was 
unfortunately, you know, uh, you haven't been on a jury yet, have you? On, on a Colcoa jury? I have not. They're going to rope you into that one of these years. Are they? Well, they because I've already been on two. Well, but they do it during the day, and I have a day job. I don't care. <laughs> Ask me if I care. Do you care? No. Well, you're going to do it. Thanks. They'll send you screeners, and you will watch them all night long, just like I had to. <laughs> Um, well, I was on my second Colcoa jury. I would, did not have to be jury president this year, so I could just kind of sit back and enjoy the movies or try to. Um, Colcoa, of course, is City of Light, City of Angels, the uh, French film festival in Los Angeles. And uh, one of the films this year, they tried to get a handful of genre films in there just so that we, just so that people know, yes, they make films in France that are just as stupid and crappy as what we make in Hollywood. So uh, you had your usual artsy stuff, which was great, and then you had stuff like The Horde. Now, these are movies that a younger generation of French filmmakers make. Uh, in this case, the, the director is Yannick Dan, um, so that they can have a resume reel to show to Hollywood so that they can leave France and come here and make really stupid movies like remakes of The Hills Have Eyes and stuff like that. A lot of French directors here making those kinds of slasher films. So there is a genre uh, ghetto in France, and this came right out of it. Now, let me tell you something. This is a zombie movie. Um, it's a zombie movie that makes absolutely no sense. This movie starts off with a funeral. A cop has been killed, and um, the the cop's you know friends and his lover cop woman they all swear revenge. So they get together on a little hit squad and they go out to the uh, the, the ghetto tenement where the gang that killed this cop is hiding out. Dud. I know what you're asking. You're asking, what about the zombies? Where are the zombies? Dud. Hang with me. Bear with me. And so they go, they go out and they lay siege and they're shooting each other. And, and oh, and suddenly everything goes wrong. And the uh, the gang gets them like in the in the apartment and takes them prisoner and hostage. And you think, oh my gosh, they're going to kill the cops. This is just a horrible movie. This is going to be like this, the, the, the evil. The bad guys are going to win. They're going to shoot the cops. Dud. And then just as this gang, these this like these these two immigrant African mobster guys are going to kill the cops. This other guy that they had in the apartment tied up turns into a zombie, and then suddenly everyone else in the apartment building is a zombie, and the and like Paris is burning down, and everyone's turning into zombies. And uh, it's not like Twenty Eight Days Later where there's actually an explanation, like the monkey virus. No, no. In this, for no reason whatsoever, about ten minutes, twelve minutes into the movie, everyone turns into a zombie. Dud. And they have to escape from this apartment building, this disgusting ghetto apartment building, you know, floor by floor, as the zombies are coming after them room by room. Dud. Yeah, it's a dud. I don't know why I even spent that much time explaining it. Neither do but I. But if you love zombie movies, oh boy, you'll love it. Uh, IFC Midnight Series is the uh, the distributor, and uh, comes from, well, MPI is the distributor. It's part of their IFC Films Midnight Series, The Horde. Gads, what a dreadful movie. Uh, Claude Chabrol recently passed away. And uh, from First Run Features, we got a two-disc edition of two of his very fine recent films, or recent in recent years. Uh, the, uh, the Bridesmaid, otherwise known as La Demoiselle d'Honneur. And uh, thank you for, for chocolate. Merci pour le chocolat with the wonderful Isabelle Huppert. Uh, these are two, you know, Chabrol is one of the great directors of thrillers ever. Uh, very much influenced by Hitchcock. Uh, but these are two films that are just absolutely perfect. They are two of his best uh, thrillers of sort of the latter part of his career. And absolutely, you got to check them out. They're, uh, they're, they're terrific. There's no ringer here. There's no uh, kind of film that's just tucked in here. No, no. There's, these are great films, both of them. Definitely check them out. And Isabelle Huppert is fantastic. And then lastly, uh, just a quick shout-out to a couple of really, really good companies. Uh, Film Movement who always gives us really interesting stuff, has an, a Mexican film called Alamar by Pedro Gonzalez Rubio, which is uh, not the deepest film in the world, but it's beautifully photographed. Just a lovely film, and it's only 73 minutes long, so you're definitely going to want to get all over that. comes with a Spanish short as well called uh, No Coras Tanto, which means take it easy, uh, which is a really, really freaky little uh, animated, uh, kind of avant-garde animated film. And uh, but the film itself, Alamar, is uh, is is really really sweet because it's um it's a father son tale and uh, it's just very very simple. It's a it's about a guy who's basically going to lose his son when she goes to when uh, the when his son goes to live with his mother, and he wants to teach him about what it means to be a fisherman. And it's just the simple little beautiful poetic film. It was at the Berlin Film Festival and did very well. And uh, I would recommend Alamar from Film Movement, a great company. Dud. 
film movement's great. And then lastly, a trio from the Global Lens Collection, uh, which come to us now from the Global Film Initiative. Now, this used to be uh, a series that was released from First Run Features. It's no longer with First Run Features. It is now its own. They do their own distribution. So the Global Film Initiative at globalfilm.org. Uh, we've got Mutum from uh, Brazil by director Sandra Kogut, which is has been a, a real festival favorite. And then we also have um, Sleepwalking Land from Mozambique, which is, you know, you don't get a lot of movies from Mozambique these days. So, And this is about, it takes place during the Mozambican Civil War, which I actually unfortunately know far too much about, and it's a... Really, a beautifully made film. You definitely want to give that give that a look. And then, uh, lastly, from um, Morocco is "What a Wonderful World." Uh, this is this is actually kind of a tough film to watch, uh, but Morocco makes a lot of actually very good. They don't make a lot of films, but the ones they make tend to be very very good. And uh, huge French influence in this one uh, centers around a, um, a prostitute and her friend, a traffic cop, and. Uh, doesn't exactly paint the most. Uh, doesn't paint. Doesn't exactly paint the the rosy Casablanca romantic Hollywood image of Morocco, which you know tends to sort of be either uh, Casablanca or which was never shot anywhere near Morocco, or else is kind of a great uh, tourist getaway. That's not what you see here. You see a really troubled society, but it's really really gritty and very very good. So check that out. And uh, new movies. It's about time. Let's do it. Now, Mark, I'm going to let you make the intro of this because I'm going to I get I have the honor of presenting an award for this film on Saturday. So, I'm going to let you do the honors and go nuts on this movie. That is true. You know, there's a lot of great uh, movies coming out of Australia right now, and uh, one of the best is Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom is a um, it is a gangster story. It is very much like a uh, you know, kind of a I don't know, contemporary Goodfellas in Australia. There's a noir aspect to it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's about a... uh, What starts the thing going is that there's this kid, this teenager, whose mother dies and he's taken in by his grandmother. And the grandmother is turns out to be a crime matriarch matriarch. of this crime family. And so the 17-year-old kid who's sort of our entry into this web of crime in this family... Yes, Wade. Well, you I was are so say, chomping at the because you I, love I, this I, movie I, so much. Well, I love this movie because you know it his, is a great movie. His mom always wanted to protect him from her family. She never wanted him to get near her her brothers and her mom. And then she dies of a drug overdose, and next thing he's immersed in this just horrible, these, these just violent, vicious vipers that just backbite. And it's just it's really a, it's a great film. It really is a terrific film. I'll tell you, you know, Guy Pearce is in it. You know, that's probably the only name you'd recognize. Jackie Weaver, who Jackie we Weaver. gave our best supporting actress to her as the uh, the, the scary grandma mama smurf and uh, she will be there on saturday and i will have the pleasure of presenting her an award and if if the last four years hold true she will win an academy award that uh, if you sit at her table well i will be i am at her table you are yes oh because you're presenting the award yep, yep absolutely she is fantastic so she this was, is... she was a young girl in picnic at hanging rock and now she's really yeah oh that's right yeah uh this is a terrific film there's an audio commentary with the director there's a david couple... michaud great david commentary michaud. great commentary uh there's a feature out on the making of the film you know ben mendelson who nobody re- nobody remembers from this film he was yeah. great he he plays the uncle who gets out of jail and winds up being that wild yeah. car live wire character who gets out of jail introduces himself back into this family yeah. and just screws everything up and yeah. he's terrific in it too oh, he's, because when you first see him you think what a geek and then he just becomes this fearsome terrifying amoral just killing machine oh yeah it's oh great. yeah it's, uh, Animal Kingdom is a terrific film it's on Blu-ray do you need it on Blu-ray you know I no, think you but, do uh, really I eh, do whatever. you know what I love the thing is this, is this comes from a particular little posse down there in Australia and uh, David Michaud was not the, the front man of this whole thing um David Michaud was, you, you know, the um, David Michaud did the uh, for the square. He did the the making of featurette. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. Well, there's a whole lot of stuff. Uh, there's two brothers down there. In the Australia. Edgertons. The Edgertons. The Edgertons are sort of every movie that's cool coming out of Australia in it's the last Edgerton couple of years. They have something to do with it. Well, he's one of their buddies. David Michaud is one of their buddies, and Joel Edgerton is in this, and it was made almost back-to-back with The Square, and uh, wow, I think he's more talented than they are. David Michaud wrote and directed this. Terrific. Agreed. Uh, Buried. 
Mark, I think are we both negative on this? Because I love Ryan Reynolds. I really do like Ryan Reynolds. But this Rodrigo Cortez film, which was shot entirely in Spain, um, for no good reason, takes place in a coffin. You know, he could have shot it anywhere. I uh, don't like Ryan Reynolds, and I don't like this film. This I don't like this for most of the same reasons that I don't like uh, 127 Hours, but uh, I, I like this even less. This is a Blu-ray and DVD combo pack, and I can't recommend either of them because it's a guy in a coffin for 95-some minutes or whatever. Uh, it, it, you know, interesting conceit, but here's the thing. He's a soldier. He's in Iraq. He's in a coffin. He's been kidnapped. It's part of a whole kind of an extortion scheme or a ransom scheme. But really, if you're, you know, there's so many ways to ransom an American soldier if you're some kind of terrorist or something. Why would you do this elaborate thing where you put them in a coffin underground with a cell phone and you devise this whole, it's just, it's too complicated. You know, it's just, there's no way that they would do it. I mean, it, it, it would be. there's no movie. It's an interesting short film. If, they, if this movie had been 25 minutes long, great. 95 minutes long, wow, you just start to feel them, feel them really stretching it. Just too many, too many starts and restarts. It reminds me a bit of. Uh, it has that high concept feel of Phone Booth. Remember Phone Booth, the Joel Schumacher film with uh, Colin Farrell. Although I liked Phone Booth. Yeah, that was Larry fine. Cohen wrote it, and Larry Cohen's a schlockmeister, and Larry Cohen knows how to sort of, you know, he knows not. You don't want to take it too seriously. Speaking of things you don't take too seriously, Death, uh, Death Wish, Death Race Two, Death oh, Race Two. Oh, They made another one of those. Well, it went straight to DVD. Death Race Two. This is Death Race Two unrated. This is this is of the recent death race, not the original. Like not the uh, Peter Fonda. Or no, whatever, yeah, the, 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 not that one. Yeah, okay. Uh, the first death race, uh. I was not a big fan of, and uh, this death race, I'm less of a fan of. It's got a good cast, though. I got to say, um, Ving Rhames, although Ving Rhames shows him in everything. He'll do everything at this point. Danny, actually, you know what? Danny Trejo, he'll do everything too. Um, Sean Bean, who had a moment there where he was going to be the man. The action man, Sean Bean, kind of fell apart. In fact, I can prove he fell apart because he's in Death Race 2. This is a continuation of the original film. So unfortunate. Sean Bean from the Sharp movies. How do you... uh. You know what? uh, Luke Goss plays this uh, convict, and uh, there's a price on his head, and he's got to go out and race in order to save his life. And, you know, what? what, look, I mean, what are you going to say? It's uh, Death Race. A lot of cars, a lot of crashing. All right. All that kind of stuff. Moving on. Uh, Jekyll's Boating uh, available. Ooh, I didn't see this. How was this? I like. You know what? I did like this. Oh, this is very nice. Uh, this is uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, makes his directing debut here, and um, he uh, uh, Hoffman plays this guy named Jack, and he's one of those kind of uh, schlubby, shy guys, singletons, very bad with women. And he meets this girl named Connie, uh, played by Amy Ryan, and uh, they sort of strike up this uh, little bit of a romance. And it's very good. You can tell it was directed by a guy who is very in tune with the theater because it's uh, populated by a bunch of theater guys, including a very good performance from John Ortiz, who's a personal friend of, uh, of uh, Hoffman's. And, uh, you know, I just thought this film was really nice. It was a nice little film. It's very, um, it's very modest in its, uh, its uh, aims and its goals. But it's quite good. When I saw this, I saw it in um, West L.A. Uh, Hoffman was there uh, in a Q&A session that was moderated by P.T. Anderson. Wow. So at the end of the movie, P.T. Anderson and Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, talked about the film. And uh, you know what? Again, it's a modest little film. It's got some nice uh, laughs. Uh, it's very, it's dramatic. You kind of feel for this guy. Um and uh, it's a good movie. It's a good little movie. So Jack I goes should, boating. I should catch up on it because this was one of the ones that slipped through the cracks for me. Yeah, I mean, I, look, uh, wait for someone like yourself who sees two hundred movies a year. Do you yeah. really want to go back and see this? But if you if you're yeah. in, if you're in the mood for a nice little, it's January. unassuming uh, romance that feels very authentic and very real and has a great sense of place in New York City, then um, Jack goes boating. You can do a lot worse. It's January. It's all crap. I, I'll, I'll take the time to see it. You can, do a lot, you can do a lot worse than uh, passing on crap like the Green Hornet and they the are. Dilemma to go see Jack what is this? What is this cross-promotion here? Delta Vacations, win a trip to New York sweepstakes? Well, DeltaVacations.com slash Jack? Oh, yeah. Well, in the movie, uh, Jack uh, is an airline pilot, and he flies to... Uh, no, I exactly. get it. Okay. <laughs> It's good, though. Uh, I, Blu- I, I Blu-ray or DVD? Yeah, the DVD's fine. DVD's fine, so no no reason for the Blu-ray. Got it. 
Uh, got a couple of uh, interesting films here worth mentioning. Nomad the Warrior is now on Blu-ray. Now, this, in case you didn't know, this is the film that was co-directed by Sergei Badrov, the uh, Russian director, before he went and did Mongol, which is amazing. So he kind of did a dry Ooh, run. Mongol's good. Mongol is amazing, which is the... Uh, it's going to have a sequel. You know, It was supposed to be a trilogy. Now it's going to be two parts on the life of Genghis Khan. Mongol's about how Genghis Khan became Genghis Khan. Uh, that's not what Nomad is. Nomad, the warrior, is a far less interesting movie. Very polished in its direction. Big budget uh, Kazakhstan-produced epic. Uh, kind of a little bit, wants to be a little bit like Mongol. It just doesn't quite work. Uh, very weird international cast. Kuno Becker, you know, who usually plays Mexicans, is in this. I mean, Kuno Becker was in, uh, in the, you know, in the soccer movie, and he's in other stuff. Jay Hernandez in Kazakhstan. Jason Scott Lee, who's from Hawaii and of Chinese extraction, is in Kazakhstan. You know, you're watching Mark Dacascos. Who was, what? who was part Native American, who was in, uh, you know, Brotherhood of the Wolf. What? None of this makes any sense. Um, now, here's the thing. Uh, Ivan Passer was the first director on this, and then Sergei Badrov came in and finished it. Believe it or not... I'm walking know. on air. I never thought I could feel so precisely, free. Precisely, precisely. Flying it, away on a wing and a prayer. Well, it's, who th- could it be? This is, Believe it or not, it's just me. Oh, thank you for that. No. No, the, 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 what's going on here is that this is basically a big nationalistic tone poem by the Kajak government. They want to sort of tell the story, the medieval story of how the, the nomadic tribes that once populated the uh, Central Asian plain, how this uh, one young guy was able to unite them against the invaders, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Uh, the reason this doesn't work is, did you know that Milos Forman was the original director on this? Yeah. Now, I know this because a good friend of mine who is a dialogue coach was actually hired and was still on the job when Ivan Passer was originally hired for this. She was hired to uh, basically help bring all of these people into some kind of common way of speaking. Kuno Becker, Jay Hernandez, Jason Scott Lee, Mark Dacascos, and then, of course, the native Kajik uh, actors who are in this. And it, and it wound up not ha- The whole thing was just such a financial train wreck. It just went nowhere. But the only good thing about it is it looks great on Blu-ray. It's a terrible movie. It looks great on Blu-ray. Uh, and uh, it gave uh, Sergei Badrov the wherewithal to go ahead and do Mongol. So for and, that. And we love Mongol. Now, Fire on the Amazon with Sandra Bullock and Craig Sheffer, uh, produced by Roger Corman, or executive produced by Roger Corman, is on Blu-ray. What? Movie? What? Fire on the Amazon? When did Sandra Bullock do this? You're asking yourself, you're like, I don't, this is, this is What? This movie was made in 1991, before Sandra Bullock was any kind of movie star. And uh, there's actually a rather steamy, hot, nude sex scene with Craig Sheffer and Sandra Bullock in this, which is the only reason that this movie even exists and hasn't been buried. Uh, Luis Loza directed it, and uh, the only reason anyone ever gets this is so that they can fast-forward to that scene and then skip the rest of the movie. It's now on Blu-ray for those who want to see it in higher definition. Uh, Anchor Bay released it. The movie was terribly shot. It's a terrible film. Uh, but, you know, that scene has given this movie a whole legendary status. So the Blu-ray definition, I guess, worth something. And, Mark, you saw Paper Man, didn't you? I did not. You did not? I did not see I thought Paper you saw Man. Paper Man. Knowing that you love Ryan Reynolds as you do with that hairstyle that he's got in this. Uh. No, I, I thought this was an, uh, this is an interesting film because um, given that he has now become kind of a, an, an all-around superhero guy, I mean, he's not only going to be in a franchise for a Marvel character with Bullseye, the spinoff from uh, Wolverine, but he's also Green Lantern. I, I, I can't see, like, Green Lantern 3. Can you? Can you see, like— You know, it depends how they do it. Well, yeah. Depends how they do it. <laughs> Well, anyway, this is kind of, uh, I guess this was his superhero dry run, and nobody paid attention. Uh, This was written and directed by Michelle Mulroney and Kieran Mulroney, and Ryan Reynolds plays Captain Excellent with a horrible head of bleached hair. But you know what? I'll say this about him. He's one of those guys, he's born to play a superhero because he has that superhero body. You put him in spandex, he fills it out really nicely. Uh, but this is not a superhero movie, to be honest. It uh, It's really not even so much about Captain Excellent. Jeff Daniels is a, um, is a novelist, a really kind of an odd novelist uh, on Long Island. And uh, Lisa Kudrow plays his, uh, his incredibly patient wife, 
uh, and he's desperately trying to get past this writer's block and and finally kind of uh, you know write that novel that he's always wanted to write. And um, uh, well, let's just say Ryan Reynolds and Emma Stone figure into the process, and I love Emma Stone; she's terrific in this. Ryan Reynolds is surprisingly good in a part that should be silly. And uh, it's all about the creative process and in a really inventive, interesting, quirky, strange, bizarre way. Uh, I love seeing Emma Stone without the, uh, the uh, Easy A hairstyle. She looks totally different in this movie, and you'll be shocked. And Lisa Kudrow is actually really, really good as well. So, uh, you know, the, this is a movie about imagination and, uh, and, and determination crap and, and, crap and, stuff and, and dreams. That's what oh, it's all about. You, gonna, you want to get blurbed, don't you? I do. Anyway, uh, MPI released this. It is a good Blu-ray, but honestly, i got to be fair, I don't think there's any reason necessarily to see this on Blu-ray. It works beautifully on DVD. If you're going to rent it, get the DVD. Yay. And then uh, Stone on Blu-ray and on DVD. Uh, I'm not a big fan of this movie, i got to say. I, I think it has moments. You, you, you see this, Mark? Did I did see it? see it. You did see it. I, I, John Curran is a director I like a lot. He did The Painted Veil uh, recently, uh, which also starred um, Edward Norton, in which Edward Norton also produced. And this is kind of a step down, I think. It's uh, Robert De Niro plays a um, a corrections officer, and uh, Edward Norton is a prison inmate, a really uh, you know who who's trying to get released. And it's about their relationship and how it's sort of a little bit like uh, Joseph Losey's The Servant, where the guy who should be in the powerlessness position winds up assuming the upper hand and plays head games with the guy who's in the power position. And uh, much as in that film where you had Sarah Miles figuring in, you know, as kind of the the woman, the female pawn, you have uh, Mila Jovovich being the woman who kind of figures into the power game. It it, it doesn't play as well, though. And uh, frankly, I, I just think Edward Norton is terribly miscast and Robert De Niro just does the same old thing all over again. But... <laughs> You know, they they go through the motions. It's got star power, so maybe somebody out there will like it. I, you know what this uh, this is not a great movie, but I have to say that uh, there was some stuff in here I found really interesting. There's an interesting sort of like psychological back and forth between Norton and uh, Stone, where uh, uh, Millie Jovovich, who plays Edward Norton's wife, is trying to manipulate De Niro into releasing Edward Norton from prison. Yeah, I just didn't, I did, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it. There was, you know what? There's also some very interesting and pretty highly charged religious overtones in the film. That scene, that one scene, you know what I'm talking about, the scene, the epiphany scene. Yeah, yeah. That's a great scene. Yeah, it was interesting stuff. That's a really good scene. And you watch that scene and you, and you, you, you realize how you know, bold it is to have these high, just very strong religious components of the film. You're like, God, I wish they would have just that and not Just made the rest there. of it seem so melodramatic prison primal fear yeah yeah I, I, I did, it had that primal fear knockoff feeling you know, yeah. I, it, it, there, there was something here but I, I just couldn't dig it out Let's do, some, do a little bit of listener mail. We've we've uh, fallen behind on listener mail. We got a whole backlog of it. And yeah, Wade. We've gotten some good. I know is my jerk. Uh, I want to read one here. This is a great one from Nicholas Gordon, longtime listener. Says, "Dear Wade and Mark, at the risk of losing all credibility, I have to admit there are a few classics that everyone praises that I found bad and even boring. These movies include The Graduate, Raging Bull, Harold and Maude, and 2001: A Space Odyssey. Most overrated ever. Two questions for you. Number one." Is there something wrong with me since everyone holds these films in such high regard? And number two, are there any movies that are very highly praised that you don't like? Uh, you know what? I would say, no, there's nothing wrong with you. Everybody, I mean, everyone has their taste. And I could tell you that Casablanca is the greatest film ever made. But if you don't like Casablanca, then you don't like Casablanca. My taste, personally, has changed over the years. I first saw Andre Tarkovsky's The Sacrifice. I thought it was the most boring, awful thing I'd ever seen. I watched it like three or four years later, and it brought me to tears. Uh, that being said, uh, Breaking the Waves was considered the greatest film uh, that year by a lot of critics. It made my worst film of the year. I still hate it. I think it's a horrible, dreadful, abortive pile of junk. I love that movie. I know you do. So, yeah, look, I love 2001. I know lots of people that don't. My wife doesn't. Uh, you know, we're not going to get divorced over it yet. Uh, what? what? No. It, 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 this is how, you know, this is just how it is. Uh, everybody's got that. Look, I, I gave five stars to uh, Eye of the Beholder. 
the original cut, which was widely panned and considered a disaster. I still stand by it. I think it's the greatest thriller ever made. People think ever I'm crazy. Made. Ever made. You got to be kidding. No. More than any Hitchcock. More or... than any Hitchcock. I the Beholder, the original director's cut. So you're just saying that because you know that nobody can you know, prove you wrong. No, though that cut is available. You can get it on, on its. I think you can get it on the Canadian DVD. But anyway, you're out of your mind. Thank you. Uh, and then we have. Uh, well, what do you think? What did you? You have to weigh in on this. Yeah, you. Uh, I guess I do. You know what? There are some movies. You, you're right. It's totally a matter of taste. You you should not feel obligated to like a movie just because it is a classic. I mean, I can tell you that I don't like. Um, you know what? Don't you know? Gone with the Wind bores the crap out of me. Yeah, it's fine. I'm with you. Um, you know. Uh, some of the French stuff that people love so much kind of bore the crap out of Jules and Jim. It's okay. It's really? okay. You're, you're not that keen on Jules and Jim? I mean, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. But I have to say that God, Gone with the Wind bores me. Okay. Uh, Walter Gass says, Hi, love the show. I went to the theater to see Sorcerer's Apprentice. Don't know why. Don't ask me why. Hated it so much. I walked out and into the theater playing The Last Airbender, which I walked back out of 10 minutes later. It was not my best day at the theater. I've disagreed before with Wade, but I now realize that those times were just a warm-up for my level of disagreement over How to Train Your Dragon, a movie I found to be one of the three best films of 2010. You, sir, are insane. Keep up the good work. Uh, hey, you know what? Everybody loves How to Train Your Dragon. I'm, I, I'm the only one that just thought it was just lame. Well, I liked it a lot. And, you know, we see the films before everybody yeah. else does, obviously. So yeah. we had no preconceived notion of whether it would be good or not. So I, I sat in this movie going, you know what? This is actually kind of developing into being a decent movie. I was completely surprised, and pleasantly so. Well, there you go. And then you saw it, and you hated it because you are a hater. No, I just, I just didn't. Hater. It just didn't hater. work for me. Hater. Hater. Scottish accents and all that. Hater. And Sean writes and says, "What a broken system when a movie like Grown Ups with less than with less than two laughs gets a wide theatrical release and a huge DVD push, and a truly great comedy like Group Sex that is funny all the way through gets no theatrical release, and I have to hear about it on your show." Thanks, guys. Also, tell Mark that the rampaging extra idea is the funniest thing I've heard in a while, and it should be developed into a reality show. I volunteer my services as the rampaging extra if he can't find anyone else who wants to be the most hated person in Hollywood. It's Sean. Gonna be, it's going to be awesome. It, it is going to be awesome. Sean, you're going to star in my show, The you Rampaging betcha. Extra. And uh, just to wrap out, a few documentaries want to make mention of that you want to probably put on your, if you're a documentary lover, probably want to put on your, uh, your radar. The Spill is a PBS frontline show uh, that is going to make you really, truly hate the oil industry more than you probably already do. Uh, obviously, we all know what The Spill uh, relates to now. And uh, Martin Smith and a lot of, uh, kind of headlines a lot of great investigative journalism that looks at um, all, you know, all of the, the little nooks and crannies that contributed to this unbelievably horrible catastrophe. Uh, very, very good piece of uh, television journalism there. And then also from PBS, A Murder of Crows, which was part of the uh, Nature series. This is on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, you got to get this on Blu-ray. It is, it's that well photographed. Really, really beautiful. Uh, nicely directed by Susan Fleming. And uh, this is... You know, this is about crows, and uh, you'd be surprised what you don't know about crows. Uh, it's going to force you to eat crow. Uh, Mark, laugh. Laugh, Q. Thank you. No, this is terrific. This is, uh, it, it really gets into the all of every nook and cranny about uh, this particular unbelievable bird. It is, they're ugly, they're noisy, we don't like them, they're pesky. But you know what? They are fascinating, and they have a world and a culture all their own, and uh, what an amazing effort this was. I have two words for you, Wade. What? Heckle, Jekyll. Uh, they, were, uh, they weren't crows. They were magpies. They were magpies, that's right. And then lastly, uh, from First Run Features, Mugabe and the White African. This is just terrifying. As a lot of you probably know, Robert Mugabe, the dictator of uh, Zimbabwe, has been trying to reclaim land from white farmers for uh, black Zimbabweans. And it has just been one of the great civil rights and human rights catastrophes uh, of the last 40 or 50 years. It's really just dreadful. Anyway, this is, um, this is a tremendous documentary made in 2009, basically about the guy Mike. Well, I, I won't tell you any more about it, but it, it, this is, it really personalizes that story. And you're going to want to check this out. This will just make you absolutely furious that this is allowed to happen. 
With that, we uh, we end our show. We Check us out Thursdays, uh, stupidformovies.com. We are going to be live streaming on YouTube. I think, what is it, youtube.com slash streamandgarage or something like that? Uh, well, it's, we don't... Front, front we page don't, of YouTube. Front page of YouTube. We, we we're really supposed to be yet. up and running. Yeah. Otherwise, go to stupidformovies.com. Thursday, 8 o'clock. 